Submission Coalition podcast is brought to you by the letter U and the number 38. As you make this happen, and this is the 38th podcast with Fight Bananas, Dave Van Alken. Hope you enjoy. Let's try this again. <clears throat> Let's try this again. <laughs> hey. Hey, there, he is. there you are. There we go. Look at all professional with your sound foam behind you. We look like we're in a closet. <laughs> I like you. You guys are probably having more fun than I am. You guys, I like your setup. <laughs> I, I pay. I pay good money for these uh, sound deflectors that look just like these. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How you guys doing? Good. doing good. How you doing? Busy. Love it. Yeah, you're putting out quite a few shows. We are. We're we're rolling. We're rolling. We. Uh, um definitely i even had a sweet gig huge career and kind of trying to push it off to the side to do more of this craziness that we do <laughs> yeah so, it's wild yeah, I, I mean you've had quite a few uh uh very big names um, yeah it's I keep on using this analogy. I need a new one. Um, we're, we're that Indiana Jones, that big ball in Temple of Doom. The ball just keeps rolling. We're going downhill. We got great momentum. Um, yeah. You know, we're just throwing feelers out there and people are getting back to us. And it's cool that it's starting to work a little bit the other way. Uh, back in the day, it was just me flooding everyone, trying to get people on. Now yep. people are asking us to come on, which is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Because, yeah, I, I've uh... – you know, I've reached out to my to my vast network. I mean, since we're we've been on both coasts, you know, but, right. um, you know, we spent spent most of our time in the uh, the 209 area, and so you know, reached out to some of our uh, our friends over there. Had had a few, and then using our fan, you know, our friend base out here as well. And then right. yeah, uh, there's been a couple times I'm pressing send. You know, on that one that I'm like, you know, I'm, yeah. I think I'm reaching a little beyond my, uh, <laughs> a little beyond my lane on this one. Oh, I've done, I've done hundreds of them, but you, yep. you never know until you ask, you know, you, yeah. you uh, never get the pretty girl unless you ask her out on a date. And what's the worst um, that can happen uh, through Instagram or through Facebook? Out there. Yeah, they say yeah, no. One, each one I send, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable. Right. About just putting it out there, asking the question. Right. You know. Most of them don't respond. Some do, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the the problem that I was having with a lot was it's just uh, like a timing aspect of it. Uh, yeah. You know, time is very valuable. Uh, all the kids at the house too. So like my five thirty p.m. to nine thirty p.m. is is it is it's family time, especially when I'm in town. Right. So you know if they I I've had numerous of pretty big UFC guys said that, yeah, I can do it tonight at seven. You go, no, you know, I can't do it. You know, um, after or before maybe another day and you know how that goes. If you don't, if you got that fish on the, on the line and it doesn't work that time, it's hard to get it back. So yeah. But yeah. it is what it is. So how, how did you kind of like get into all this? Um, okay. So I was a young boy now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, how everything started um we started a podcast um probably a couple years ago three four years ago and the first direction how it got into with mma was pete white 100 percent pete white um my house and the gym is three minutes away and um anderson hutchinson who is okay. actually fighting this weekend right um he was actually one of my best friends from high school, 20 years of friendship. They were friends. So like there was this weird triangle of, oh, I know him through him and we know right. Pete White through him. And it just uh, worked out. It worked out really well. Um, I, I, I think Pete's one of my best friends in the world and I think he would say the same. Um, so it, we just have a great relationship very early. And then long story short, I don't want to get into the long part, I guess. The uh, other podcast I used to do, you guys, I probably remember. I think we had Christian even on back then when yeah. it was Locked In Sports Podcast. It didn't uh, go well at the end. Life moves on. Um, yep. And then Fight Bananas was born. And then Fight Bananas, um, it was ironic as well how life works. I was in 
Pensacola, Florida, the day that the, uh, you know, uh, a bitter divorce happened of the podcast. And Dean's like, dude, like you're writing for Fight Bananas and you're kind of doing articles and stuff. Why don't we do a Fight Bananas podcast? And uh, the rest is absolute history. And we just started and uh, knocking on doors, shaking hands, kissing babies, and the rest is history. Right. Nice. So. Yeah, unfortunately, those those divorces always tend to, uh, you know, it, it's yeah. it's a bittersweet in, right. in most cases. Uh, right. You know, it, it's a it's a what could have been, but it's over. Yep. You know, but then because of that, usually either there's a motivation, yeah. or you know, at that point maybe maybe there was a directional difference. You know, at that point, and now it's like, okay, well now now I'm free. I get to go explore, you know, these these other avenues. Yeah, um, uh, 100% so. agree with you. Yeah, there's there's probably, I would say, no way, 0% chance way that I would even be at in this stage where I'm at now if, if, if that didn't happen. And right. it stinks that it did happen. And, you know, no one wants to go through, uh, you know, a breakup, uh, you know, friends, significant right. other, any of it. You know, no one does. Right. But uh, in a weird way, it got me to this point, which uh, easily – the most outside of my family, the most fulfilling, happiest time of my life. It's just been incredible. Uh, like I said, I uh, slowed down a very financially rewarding career to do more of this. And yeah. um, I, I, I wouldn't look back. I'm, I, I'm as happy as I could be. Nice. So with everything that you've done so far, uh, what, what, what would you say, uh, either interview wise or just even, you know, because again, you just got done traveling. Um, yep. so either, either interview or just having been there in person, um, what are, what are one of those things that just kind of stands out in your mind where you just kind of had to sit back and go, I can't believe I'm actually here or I'm doing this. Right. Um, a couple of them. One, um, you know, one. It's it's probably maybe the same with youth with uh, traveling. It's not even the event uh, sometimes or the night of the event is um, going out to dinners with twenty people and I'm sitting at a table and I'm like ever ever. I'm like, how did I get to this table? That, that's right. pretty yeah. wild. And uh, I love stuff like that. I love uh, you know making memories and kind of once in a lifetime the uh, probably number one is the dean tool promotion show last summer pensacola and um you know i i like to go out but i i don't go out a lot especially you know yeah being a family man and and you know all of that but uh we go out after dinner and it's i think we're no we're in dean's car but there's another car and in the car in the front seat there's george masvidal and the back seat, there's Anthony Pettis and like his best friend. Sergio's in the other car. And I'm like, oh, wow. okay. how am I in this car? <laughs> like, how oh. am I in this car? And we go out and yeah, we have fun. Nothing, nothing wild, nothing crazy. But we, we went to a couple of different restaurants and bars. Um, Anthony Pettis rode a bull and he broke the bull's horns. And, and we laughed. And I have some incredible stories that are just, you know, I was there. Like there, there's only those stories that I have. That right. was probably my number one. Um, but still to this day, even, you know, I've probably done over 300 podcasts. Um, I'm in like the 270s, 280s now, of just of the, the fight bananas, of just the right. yeah. MMA ones. It's really cool. One thing I try to work on, I'm going through a rabbit hole right now, I'm sorry, is um, I really wanted to build a, uh, a platform or a brand, if you want to say, I did quotation marks. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be on TV <laughs> or not. But I, we have a bedding podcast underneath us. We have a professional wrestling one. We got a boxing one. We have bare knuckle one. I really wanted to kind of build a little brand that it's like uh, you hear fight bananas. It's not just Dave Van Auken talking to one guest. Right. It's a this multiple um, conglomerate of combat sports of just stories and fight breakdowns and uh, yeah you know, yeah, professional wrestling highlights, whatever it is, you know, that's what I wanted. But uh, I, what I was getting at, I still get giddy. I just got off the um, the Zoom with the LFA strawweight champion, uh, Justin Gonzalez. 
Uh, he's 11 and 0. He's not in the UFC. He's not the biggest name. But two minutes before, I had my hair was standing on my uh, arm. I'm still excited to talk with him as Laura Sanko or Malky or uh, Roy Jones Jr., Calvin Cater. It doesn't matter. It's every single one I get that up for. Nice. Yeah. So uh, do you train? Uh, before COVID, a little. Um, I would not say I train. I, I love it. Um, John Rafford, who is my guy, is my brother. I would definitely, um, Saturday mornings, even when uh, before the twins were born, even my wife would go in there and just to have fun. You know, the kids right. love it. They love running in the boxing ring. So I'm wrestling with them. Um, I think I will in the future for sure. I think when the kids get older and I don't have to carry them both or feed them yeah. all at the same time, uh, right. I think I, I will definitely will, but I don't train now. Okay. Well, it's what we were kind of talking about this not that long ago about, you know, you hear these people, they, they throw stuff out there about, you know, can, can somebody do this if they don't do this? It's like right. knowledge is this weird fickle thing. Um, so you have, you have some people that are amazing fighters, amazing fighters, but they do not follow the sport. Right. They okay. don't, but yeah. they're, but they're amazing fighters. You have other people who are, amazing fighters and or coaches and they 100% follow the sport they right. know every in and out and everything else they're rare they're actually more the really rare ones Great. then you have the other side you have the people that like i i used to be in the beginning when when the ufc first hit the scene i was like the rabid guy in my area i mean i was i was studying tapes i was you know i was keeping stats things yeah. of that nature i could recall I mean, every little nuance of every fight. Now, I was doing it for a bunch of reasons. One, super dug it. Yeah. Two, I'm trying to get techniques off of the you – know, as I'm watching the fights, you know, I'm, I'm breaking it down, trying to learn how to do the techniques. But I, right. I was like that guy that, you know, and it was just because that passion, you know, of, of going way beyond just watching the event. I mean, the, the, you know, there's, there's people right now, um, was it fight metrics and a couple others, man. They, I mean, they literally break down every little nuance sure. in, of, of everything. It, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, Late it's kick, calf kick. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. with, with, with that mean, being said, like, um, probably my, you know, everyone, I guess has those weird off in talents. Some people can juggle. Some people can hold their breath really, really long. Probably my greatest talent, and I always brag to my wife about this and whoever who wants to hear it is, I'm, um, I think I'm really, really good on seeing talent. Like uh, in any sport, uh, I remember back in the day, 18 years old, seeing a baseball or basketball player. I'm like, oh, that guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I, I do it with fighting too, uh, even with the amateurs or regional scenes, even up to the UFC and throwing this out there. And maybe this one's super easy, but I do. Re I remember seeing John Jones's first fight versus Stefan Bonner go, he is going to be something like that. That's right. different from what we usually see. He, and I love it. And it's probably, and it's so funny. We just had this talk. Uh, big things are probably happening with the podcast. And we're super happy and lucky and blessed. But at the end of the day, I told someone I will never, ever leave the regional scene. I will never not want to not talk to, um, you know, just Chris Mixon's and right. yeah. um, uh, your girl there. That's uh, Naomi Young, who's there. I, I will always want to talk to them. I, that, I love that more than probably even talking to Calvin Cater and Felicia Spencer, yeah. who are the best and the best. And I think I'm so good of seeing talent borderline amateur professional like oh they're gonna make it they might not um why they're gonna make it and and so of um you know so far i'm pretty good at it even a year ago uh two names i threw out there uh was impa kasanganai and sherard blackledge impa just got the ufc contract last night sherard blackledge is going to get it in four weeks um it's, nice. it's weird it's just one of my yeah. great d sprinkle dust uh, talents <laughs> Now, now, speaking of John Jones, though, see, I was the exact opposite. Um, way, way, way back in the day, the Sherdog forums used to be the spot. They right. had their uh, they had their radio program, 
and then they had their forums. This was pre-Facebook, pre and all that. So so John John Jones had just got his uh I think he just got the title. Okay. Um, maybe it was just a hair after. And I wrote an opinion piece. I mean, man, it was it was it was a long one that I yeah. put on there. And and I basically just said there's something about his persona that tells me that the other side of the coin is coming. And it was shortly then after he gets stripped, runs into right. all of his, his problems and issues. And, right. and, and I got blasted on the Sugar Dog forums. When I first, oh, yeah. first wrote that piece, man, I got lit up so badly. And ultimately, the gist of my, of my article that I kind of wrote in there, the, the, the opinion piece, was basically just saying, that one, as a fan, he was so talented yeah. that I became disinterested. Kind of like the old days when, when, you know, when Mike Tyson was fighting. In the beginning, it was like, you get the Mike Tyson pay-per-view? Yes, I'm getting it. Right. But then toward the end, you're like, I'll just watch the highlights. You know, I'm not going to drop that kind of money for a 10-second fight. Right. It, right. it didn't say that he didn't have huge talent. Sure. I, I just... You know, I was like, to me, the outcomes almost seemed so predetermined that the fight just didn't excite me. And right. that was kind of the, the, the point of, of that piece that I wrote. But then I just kind of, I don't know why, but there were some pieces I put in there that basically alluded that, that I kind of felt that because he was so talented, that there were going to be other aspects of his career that would overshadow his accomplishments. Right. And oh my God, the flood that I got hit with. <laughs> you kind of nailed that one. You I mean, kind of nailed that just one. Got wow. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Tyson. Uh, the, the two funny things, probably in the last six months, that I've thrown out there that I I think we've absolutely nailed was you know when this whole Mike Tyson threw up a twenty second video five months ago, and everyone's like he's coming back, and you know, and I get it. I I. I'm going to get it. You know, I right. to see Mike Tyson one last time or, or you I haven't seen him in 15 years, whatever it's been. And all these names are thrown out there. Uh, all these, you know, Evander Holyfield and, you know, other names and Shannon Briggs was thrown out there a lot. Right. And I'm like, I, to me in now 2020, a lot of UFC and MMA is doing all these super fights. I, and we do have close ties. I was like, to me, it would make perfect sense a Roy Jones Jr. fight. Like, it just, we wouldn't have seen that fight 15 years. It's like Canelo versus Tyson Fury. Like, it doesn't click right now, but maybe 10, 15 years it would. And I, I, I threw, yeah, we threw that article out literally in May. <laughs> like, you know, pre-COVID, I think, you know, we threw it out there. And, uh, you know, we, that was probably our, easily our number one. And then the, I think six weeks ago or even a month ago, I threw up, as soon as Paige Van Zant lost Fight Island, um, you know, I threw out the bare knuckle FC idea right. and rumor, and it just kind of works with money and, and, and look and her, her company, FRM, her management, it just kind of meshed. And I just, you know, I, I do like that. I, I can ask the same questions or the same things, but I like theories and out of the box and lists and different things. And I was like, that could, I, I can foresee that happening. And it looks like it's going to happen. Like every tea leaf, it's falling that way. That's another one that we, I think we may be nailed. So it, it is fun to predict. Oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've swung and missed plenty of times, but oh, it's, yeah. it's good oh, to yeah. hit them. <laughs> How crazy is the fight game right now, though? I mean, who, who would have predicted? I mean, birth of MMA was bare knuckled and human cockfighting, all that right. stuff. You know, who would have, I, I mean, if somebody told me 10 years ago that, that today bare knuckle boxing would be coming back into popularity, um, you know, and things of that nature, I would have been like, no, that's too close to the so-called dark ages of right. MMA, you know, when, when it was being banned and illegal and things of that nature, it's growing and seems to be thriving. Um, yeah. The amount of avenues that athletes have right now is amazing. I love it. Uh, I think it's incredible. I would have uh, even me. I I remember going to Blockbuster. I guess that ages myself and going to yep. pick up the 
uh, greatest knockouts of the year for UFC or Ken Shamrock versus Tito Ortiz rival, heated rivalry. I remember seeing that box. I'm like, oh, I'm getting that. I, I, I can't wait. I, I'm so happy. Like, it's, it's, it's incredible. Just, I still think, I, I am still a fan. Like, I just am. Like, and yeah. I think that's why I think it works a little bit. My uh, excitement and just pure still happiness and joy is not out of it at all. And I just still love it. Um, I love UFC Fight Pass, how there's so many events uh, across the world on all the time, especially, yeah. you know, with post-pandemic. Uh, the UFC, what they're doing, like, uh, you know, I'm not that person. I'm not that anti as soon as someone like when the uh, rock band gets super popular, I, I don't dislike them when they do. I think that's great. Hopefully they can make money for them and their families and, wow. and put out more music. Like I love the UFC. I'm, I'm pro UFC and uh, what they've been doing shows every week. Sometimes on those Wednesday shows are fantastic. The kids go to bed and I get to watch fights at 10 o'clock, nothing better. Um, it's in, it's incredible. I think it's might be to at the greatest time ever in combat sports history oh, yeah. for middle-class America. Uh, it's so easy, accessible now with streaming and TVs and I'm watching it on my phone. It's, uh, right. it's amazing. I, I'm beyond excited for what's going to happen in the future as well. Oh yeah. Well, and that, that's one of the interesting parts is, I mean, uh, the combat sports itself lost favor for, for a brief moment. I mean, boxing was the closest. Right. You know, mainly heavyweight divisions. I mean, we're talking back in the day, historically speaking, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, Mike Tyson, typically the heavyweights dominated the, the landscape right. of, of the big names. And then sprinkle in, you know, the, the, the you know, Sugar Ray or Sugar Ray Leonard's and, yeah. and they were, you know, got to sprinkle those in. But we, uh, when we were first watching the, uh, the UFC, uh, my grandmother at the time period, she was probably in her 80s, oh, yeah. um, you know, and she's like, what's this? <laughs> We're like, well, this is, this is mixed, mar mixed martial arts. She goes, oh, can I watch? We're like, yeah, sure. Come on over, Gigi. You can come over. We'll give you a seat. She starts telling us stories about how when she was younger, that was Friday and Saturday night. That was a big deal for the family. Put, put your best suits on, put, yeah. your, put your best clothing on. And they were going to go watch boxing. They were going to go watch, watch a fight. Um, you know, and then, like I said, it kind of, kind of lost favor. And it seems like, you know, it's not quite put on your best clothes, but <laughs> you know, it, it has definitely come to right. a much bigger place in the world right now. I mean, yeah, it, it more, I definitely more middle stream. I know you're ready for this one. This can be a whole nother, this can be a two hour long Avenue right here is, I think a huge reason why is how successful and popular female MMA is. Um, yeah, yep. uh, with, with Ronda Rousey, people can kind of bag on her as well. I'm a huge R Ronda, what she did for Jillian Robertson and what she's done for Naomi Young and what she's done for Taylor White and what she's done for everyone else underneath. Um, I, I think it's very easy to watch. Um, my wife gets into it. My wife loves Hannah Goldie. They're great friends. So anytime Hannah's going to fight or about to fight. She's all about it. And, you know, then she starts getting favorites. Um, probably my favorite fighter in the game right now, female-wise, is definitely Rose Namanunas. I cannot miss a Rose fight. Uh, everything about her. And it's just the – it's pretty easy for, uh, you know, someone who's been married a long time. If your wife is, oh, yeah, we can watch that. We can do that. Um, right. It's very easy to do it. Uh, you got to pick and choose your battles. And uh, if, if she's a part of it and she wants to, it makes the whole process a lot easier. Right. See, now, I, I respected Rhonda for, for having been that first champ. Right. But, like, we were there at the Gina Carano-Chris Cyborg fight um, in uh, – the, the first headline women's. And, and yeah. we were, like – because we – I mean, obviously, we, we – we, back to the very, very beginning. And so we were, we were there – going i mean how amazing is this this is the first time there's been other organizations that have had female fighters and the like but we're like this is the first time a female is headlining a major card on yep. a major broadcast um and and so we we made sure we were we were at that event um you know got a chance to watch that fight and everything else 
Then there's the classic, you know, Dana White. You know, I don't want to see women fight. They'll never fight in the UFC and the like. Now, here's, here's my personal take on that. He was already in negotiations with Strikeforce to purchase them. And if you look through Dana White's history, he downplays whatever he wants the most. Of course. Of course. So, it's, it's a <laughs> negotiation tactic, you know? It's a yes. – uh, yes. <laughs> I do that with my wife. Babe, I don't want I, – I don't want ice cream yeah. tonight after dinner. I don't know. I don't want that, you know? <laughs> But yeah, but, we man, we we were we were salivating when when that match was was announced. You know, we were like, "Holy crap!" One, you know, Cyborg was and still is, you know, a force to be reckoned with. Pretty incredible, um, right? You know, unfortunately, I think it was shortly after that fight that she got stripped of the title. Um, I think it was for PEDs. Um, yeah, you know, so unfortunately, there was there was a little sure. bit through there that kind of tainted that event, um, and I, I and maybe that's one of the reasons why it didn't get catapulted higher up into the maybe into the history of women's MMA. Right, and um, and, and you know, Gina's a huge star. I know she's on that Star Wars show on Disney Plus. Um, yep. Big, yep. big Disney Plus people. She's a huge star. Imagine, I, I you know. I don't know how the missed opportunity or, you know, but hey, sometimes people just don't want to do it. And I respect and love that as well. But imagine yeah. if Gina had the UFC behind her. Oh, uh, yeah. To me, like, and uh, I love Ronda. We just talked about it. I think Gina is more uh, respected probably by the diehards a little bit and probably even a little bit more loved. And especially if she had the train behind her, she, she could have easily been the biggest superstar in mixed martial arts history, I think. Well, I think the, the biggest part for, for many other fighters, the ultimate fighter helped catapult their career. Sure. I think for Rhonda did the opposite. Um, I think she was already on uh, an incredible rise. Right. And there, she, a lot of people got turned off by her sportsmanship against Misha um, in, in that show. And so yeah. I, th I think for Rhonda, I think, I think for her, I think the ultimate fighter almost pulled her back a little bit and, and kind of put a little tarnish on, on, uh, on her career. Not, not because of, I mean, just a public perception. Yeah, just yeah, people yeah. going, wait a minute. I mean, when she's flipping off Misha and, and things of that nature, most people, like I said, as soon as the ultimate fighter hit, boom, their careers just skyrocket. Right, right. Her career had already gone on that upper trajectory. And I think that was the first one that leveled her off. Right. It was too much access of kind of who she is in a way. And uh, there's been plenty of people of Conor McGregor or Colby Covington or even kind of Masvidal is doing a little bit, but he's a little bit more happier about it. The, the bad guy does work. Chael Sonnen, yes. uh, he works 100%. Uh, in mixed martial arts. But, bad guys, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Ch Chael, to me, he's the man. I, I listen to his podcast twice a week. He's right. just the funniest. He's a little bit sarcastic. Ronda was a little bit too bullish. And also, too, I think what always, uh, any in anything in life, she had kind of a boss or she was shooting down or picking down or, or uh, that's always dissatisfying to the consumer. I think always. And it, and it felt personal. It felt very personal. Yeah. When, just, when you got Chael. Ch Chael's an equal opportunity crap talker. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Race. Uh, gender, it doesn't matter. He, he crossed the line. He crossed the line, you know, when, when he was uh, chasing Anderson. Yeah. Uh, when he was chasing Silva, you know, it got, it got a little bit over the line on, on that one. Connor did the same thing. Yeah. Most of their bad guy persona, their trash talk was, was more, you know, it felt like we're selling the fight yeah. and we're just talking shit. Right. Um, and but then, then again, I mean, th there's a couple time periods when there, when it just, just edges over the line. Um, you know, the antics become a little bit, you know, a little bit much. The 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 bus for Connor, um, oh, definitely. You know, was definitely an interesting one. Although I think, I think orchestrated. Um, you know, I don't think it was intended that people were going to get injured. Sure. But 
Sure. I, I, I do think it was orchestrated as a publicity stunt that went bad. <laughs> yeah. They usually yeah. do, you know, they I usually don't. do. And um, so funny, kind of on this topic, I had this conversation with a couple of my buddies who we just watch fights with and talk about. And I, and I, I have kind of almost a question towards you guys with uh, seeing so much and kind of seeing so many of the fighters and the evol evolution of the sport. Like, my favorites, I've always, always, you know, I was such a Tito Ortiz guy. And then, yeah, with uh, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, and kind of my favorite probably right now is Masvidal. Like, I love the over-the-top, uh, huge uh, personality per people. Right. Or, and I, or I maybe used to. Now, I, maybe with the, uh, the family and maybe being more into it and, and talking to agents and talking to more people behind the scenes, I'm starting to really, really, really love Calvin Cater's, uh, yes. Felicia Spencer's, uh, Rose Namajunas, uh, just like a little bit more. Well, but that's the, that's the part though. This is, this whole thing is cyclical. We, we see it in pro wrestling. Yeah. The heels had their time and now it's swinging towards the baby faces because <laughs> you, you can only have so many heels active right. at one time. And then it, then it becomes oversaturation. And then in order to stand out and be different, you have to go the other way. Right. You have to be the polite martial artist, the respectful martial artist. That will become the way for a while. Yeah. And then another, another Conor McGregor will step in. And, and the market... And we've seen it kind of swing that way all along. Yeah, you, know, you had like I, the Diaz brothers, and then you, you came GSP. into oh, why am I brain farting? The um, uh, yeah, GSP, uh, the karate, uh, karate guy, uh, Machida, Machida, yeah, yeah, you got Machida and GSP yeah. who come from that traditional martial arts right. background that have that respect and everything. So you, you kind of see this whole well, but you need you need oh, yeah. the opposite to be able to play off of each other, it just right. becomes noise. When, yeah. when you have just that one side and, and when that becomes status quo, when that becomes status quo, you stop listening. Yep. Man, I, I love all these wrestling terms. You're going to give me the hot tag. I'm going to uh, rise and <laughs> yeah, all I, this stuff. Like, I'll be honest. I, I hated in the beginning, Connor, I was like, I was like, Oh my God, this is exciting. This is, you know, new energy, things of that nature. But then his press conferences just became all antics right. and no content. Right. And then I was like, I'm not even interested because all he's going to do is grab the mic, talk over everybody else, and, and that's it. I have to still have to say my favorite press conference moment was Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to this day, that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. There's... I mean, you know, touch button to park. Yeah. Um, your <laughs> arrow to steroids. <laughs> Um, how about this? Mike can beat your team's ass. Um, <laughs> There's some good ones. He's like, what is coffee? I mean, that you you can get in those YouTube holes. You you know you put up like, anyone that's listening after this. You put up Conor McGregor press conference, and then you just kind of get stuck zoomed into it for hours. Um, right, there's definitely yeah. been good ones, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's just a you're you're probably writing. Maybe it's a personal preference or maybe it is maybe i can't wait until i get the, the the joker heel into this awesome bad guy to get me back but right now i'm just so into daniel hooker and poirier's yep. and i just like a little bit more quiet uh, because there's so much mixed martial arts out there and there's so many fights and when you see a poirier versus hooker very respectful yeah. very kind of positive and just and see 25 minutes of just a masterful artwork right. be done. I'm like, I'm in. Like, I'm, you know, yeah. there's so much to watch. It's kind of like you got to pick and choose. I'm into this one. Right. Well, and, and that's the part. I mean, I've always loved, uh, I, I, I am a traditional martial artist. Um, I know there's people out there that, that bash on traditional martial arts and the like, but I'll tell people like I told all the time, don't shit on the plate you eat from, son. <laughs> Those traditional martial arts became the foundation from which the UFC stood and was created. Right. You got guys 
that stepped in, they stepped up when there was no money to be made and no fame to be generated. They were legitimately wanting to test themselves and the styles that they professed. Um, they fought for completely different reasons. I mean, these were people that trained because they trained. That's it. Yeah. Right now, you, you do get some people that are martial artists that step into MMA, and you get some people who are legitimately just coming in. They're going to give it their best for five or ten years, and then they're going to be gone. They probably won't train anymore after that. They'll, right. you, know, you have some boxers that do the same thing. They're, they're in it to see how far their career can go, but they don't really care about boxing. Right. They just, that is, it's just at that point, it's about fighting and just seeing what they can do. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I am a, I'm a traditional martial artist. So I tended to gravitate towards the GSPs, right. you know, Machida. the Machidas to, to those guys that, that held a more respectful line. But I always did love a Chael Sonnen. Yeah. When, yeah. You know, when he came yeah. out, when, you know, when, when, when he would pump that fight, I mean, that was, you know, but, but again, you can only have so many. Um, and unfortunately, when Connor showed that you can make a lot of money by selling the fights of that nature, and everybody started trying to copy. And like I said, then it just became noise. It just became noise. I mean. Um, question for you guys. So two-part question here. First one, what's your guys' favorite knockout ever? My favorite knockout. Yep. Uh, All-time favorite. Um, Scott Smith. Okay. Loved it. Great one. Um, you muted sorry, me. Okay, <laughs> we're amateurs at this. My, yeah, my all-time favorite: Scott Smith versus Drago. Yep. Well, um, the comeback. I mean, that to me, holy crap! That I mean, even just watching it. Actually, I just watched it. Just the the the, the finish. Yeah, probably about two days ago. Um, to to me, I mean, the the story that goes just behind it, you know, Scott Smith getting cracked with that body shot, can't tell rib or liver, but you know it hurts him. Oh yeah, and it looks and it looks like he's crumbling. Drago comes in for the finish, and Scott Smith just explodes on him. Yeah, um, I think mine was Ronda Rousey getting knocked out by. Um... Holly Holm. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, with this that being said, such an upset. <laughs> with that being said, when we're I'm teaching my uh, oldest son how to ride a bicycle, and I'm teaching him how to ride the bike, and I uh, I push him, and he's getting pretty good at it, but he gets close to some things, and I'm I'm stressing out. I think I'm I got more gray hair teaching my son how to ride a bicycle than anything else in life. How do you guys? Uh, walk Christian to the cage, uh, go on to Island Fights, Dana White Contender Series, and you know you, that that knockout is a possibility. It's probably not a – it's a 1% or a less than 1% possibility. I, I would be so, so nervous. Are you guys nervous or do you guys feel super confident because of the skills your son does have and uh, your son is a great mixed martial artist? Well, I think one of the things that helps – uh, probably the easiest way to uh, Christian was a blue belt. Um, so, so those who are listening, Christian's now a black belt, 25 years old. He was a, he was a blue belt and I can't remember still in high school. I think he's 17. Maybe. So we, we go to this tournament. So he's still technically a juvenile and he goes into uh, the tournament and Christian is an avid competitor. Um, so we're at the tournament. And we hear over the PA system that they're, they're looking for somebody. There's a super heavy that does not have a, a matchup. And so they're just looking for somebody to fill in so the guy can have a division. Christian's literally on the mat, in a match, turns to me and goes, Dad, I want that. In the middle of a match. In the middle of a match. <laughs> so so as soon as he comes off, I tell him. I tell him, okay, go, go tell the promoter that you'll take the match. Now, at the time period, Christian's only weighing maybe – I mean, Christian fights at 155. He's maybe at this time weighing about 145, maybe 150. Right, and, right. Uh, so he goes over, tells the guy that, that he wants to take it, and uh, the guy he's supposed to be matched up with is about 
260 and a former wrestler, things of that nature, and probably in his mid 30s. So Christian goes over, accepts the, you know, gets the match. I'm not there. I'm still, he's still in his division. I'm just there to make sure if he gets called up. So <laughs> now I'm hearing uh, for Christian's coach to be called over to that mat. And so I come walking over and uh, I go to the, to the guy running the tournament. He goes, Hey, he goes, um, your son is interested in taking the match. He goes, but th- you know, this guy's like twice his size. Right. You know, he's like, Hey, do you, do you have, do you have any issues? And so I looked at the guy and I looked at Christian and I looked at, I looked at his opponent. I go, hey, it'll be fine. The guy's like, are you sure? And I go, I'm his training partner. Like he deals with guys his size all the time. Right. It's not going to be an issue. And, and then Christian goes out and I think. Armbar. Ar, yeah, like an arm bar in like 30 seconds, <laughs> um, you know, in the match. And, and in the lobby. <laughs> now, now, to be honest, though, I think if it wasn't for the fact that Christian and I train so much together. I, I mean, to say I don't have nerves when we go to the ring or cage, I mean, that's a lie. I mean, I, I have nerves for every athlete that I walk out there with, whether I've trained them or not. Even right. when uh, I cornered uh, 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 Noah Cutter. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, I don't, I don't train him, anything yeah. else. He needed help that day. Yeah, I felt nervous walking to the ring for him on there, but it is different with Christian. But I think, I think the fact that he grew up watching me get my nose smashed and, and, and my full contact matches and grappling matches and things of that nature, I think the fact that we've both made that walk with each other in yeah. different levels. I mean, I, I, never, I never fought, uh, you know, officially uh, MMA, but – Christian's been with me, you know, multiple times making the, you know, or, or hell, he was young watching my nose explode and spray blood all over the floor. <laughs> and he's yelling, dad needs a bandaid. Yeah. You know, when he's like three years old or four years old. So <laughs> I, I think that does help. Um, yeah, no, I get nervous as hell. Um, but we know his skill set. Right. And, and we know his strengths and weaknesses and, and honestly, Dave and, and Christian do so much preparation on the backside sure. to get ready for those fights that, that, you know, we have a pretty good idea of game plan. And I mean, it's a fight, so anything can happen, obviously. But it, it, we've been pretty lucky. He's never gotten well, I mean, the, the, KO'd yet. <laughs> the, one, the one so far, I mean, his last contender series fight. Oh, that one was terrible. Um, first round, phenomenal. I mean, that, right. that was about, I mean, other than getting the submission, I mean, that, that was textbook game plan yeah everything down to a t that dude was just a a tough guy uh, we talked to him in the back super cool guy everything else um he basically told us he goes i was about to tap it's in the video and comes up kudos to him he says i made a choice he goes i made a choice get out or go out um wow. and so he just at that point he was caught in a choke so he's like i'm, I'm just gonna grit it through he goes yeah. i'm either gonna go unconscious or i'm gonna find my way out Wow. Um, and then I sat there in rounds two and three and I mean, it, it, it was right there in my head that, you know, there's, there's a good chance that, that he could get knocked out. I mean, the, the fatigue level that he was in, most people don't know he had a back injury going into that fight. Um, normally on most of Christian's fights, we have our own personal training, usually, I mean, probably upwards of 30 sessions, maybe 40 sessions. We had probably two going wow. into this one. His, his back was just, it was always bugging him. So I, I knew his cardio was going to be a major issue. But, I mean, h- how do you throw away that opportunity, you know, when, when you get a chance yeah. of that type? Right, um, right. You know, so we, we both said, I mean, th- this, is, this, is, this is a shot. I mean, Contender Series is coming up. You know, the, a great, a phenomenal win could catapult your career. How do we not take that chance, even though we know we're not 100%? Right. You know, so, you know, and I think what you said 
what you said there was probably like the number one reason why I love the sport of mixed martial arts so much about uh, the, his opponent saying I was going to go out or get out. It's like, I just, the, the years and talking to people and you guys can probably go tenfold on it. it just, I like, I am like th beyond excited. Uh, just like I get emotional, very happy. Like, these the men and women who f fight and what they do what they do to their bodies and their uh the reason for for fighting sometimes is to get out or get their families right. out or just doing it to make money or or just you know they want to be a champion an avid competitor it's it's insane it's like uh, like i said i to this day and um you know it, it probably sounds corny i just i get so excited uh yeah. phone call a text uh, writing something up. Uh, we were just at fights live this past weekend. And, uh, you know, and I see some of the guys I'm sitting with and I know they've been through probably maybe more fights than I have, or maybe not. I've been to a lot of fights over the last two, three years. <laughs> and it's, it's the second amateur fight. And I'm like Christmas more. I got the Grinch smile. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I, I am so excited to see what's going to happen. And then, yeah, I, I follow their careers and talk to them and see what they're doing and who they're coaching with and who they're working with. It's a uh, man. It's, it, it's the greatest sport in the world. Yeah. One, one of my favorite is uh, I was at a uh, uh, underground fight in California. Uh, it's, it's legendary by, uh, by San California <laughs> standard now. This was before um, it was legal in Cali. This wow. has uh, at the event fighting, we have Vernon White, uh, Vernon Tiger White from the Lions Den. Okay. Uh, Gil Castillo from Caesar Gracie was uh, was was kind of cutting his teeth to to give it a shot. Um, Steve Heath from Caesar Gracie was fighting. We had another guy Carlton that was on there. Um, Jerry Bolander was the uh, referee that was uh, basically heading up everything. So I'm sitting there drinking a beer, and the dude sitting next to me, and this is packed. It's standing room only. Yeah. And the guy next to me, he goes, he goes, Hey bro, he goes, save my chair for me. I'm thinking he's got to go take a piss. Two fights later, he's in the ring fighting. <laughs> I'm holding his beer in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, he he lost. <laughs> yeah. he told me thereafter he comes out and he goes, Hey man, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's also the event where uh, Caesar went after that fake black belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So there was, yeah, there was a fake black belt there. I guess they're talking a bunch of shit, and Caesar was cornering <coughs> Gil, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, Gil. Gil. And uh, the guy was in the other corner. And uh, after the fight, a huge brawl broke out, and Caesar just beelines it for the the fake black belt and knocks him out. Right. Wow. God, so many. I got there. And, that was. Kind and, of the, Part of the bravado of the day, though, of, right. like I said, that that original group. I remember my, my, my friends and I used to get together and we used to say, I mean, because I remember my first pay-per-view I bought was $9.99. That was my first pay-per-view I ever purchased for uh, uh, for the sport. And I, I was the guy in my area. If you went to Blockbuster and you went to the special interest section, for those of you listening that don't know, that included basically, I mean, that was like, blockbusters area for the questionable videos not yeah, yeah. not porn yeah but it was the closest <laughs> that they had and it was all just intermixed so i was the guy it that was would then just find all of the the fight videos put them together yeah and and sort them all out you know and all that stuff i'm telling you um, like it was i remember walking like i said the bravado yeah yeah like the at blockbuster it was tito ortiz and uh ken shamrock heated rival Royal Rumble 1995, and then it was like Miss Candy Sunrise Weekend. Like those were the videos that were. <laughs> yes. You know? yep. the hey, good old when days. you're standing in the section that everybody's staring at you, and you're like, no, 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 fight videos. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see two people punch each other. But, but but the part we loved, the part we loved was every fight that we went to. The after fight party was at the fight. Hmm. Nobody really went anywhere. It's like as soon as the fights were over, everybody just stayed, hung out, because there weren't truly fans in the in the stands. It was everybody there was connected with somebody, friends, family, or training partners. Right. And so as soon as the fights were over, 
you just kind of stayed and hung out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that was part that I really loved. And, and we, we remember at one point in time that we said, at, the game is going to get to a point where we're not going to have this camaraderie. We're not going to have this access that we have. Right. That, that when the fight's done, that, that you're just hanging out with everybody. Um, like we, we inadvertently, uh, this was Strike Force. We were sitting with uh, Eugene Jackson, um, his family. So he's fighting on the Strike Force card. We just happened to be sitting his family in the crowd. Yeah. So, and I, I always like to find like who, everybody I'm sitting around, who are you for? Sure. Who are you rooting for? One, <laughs> I want to make sure I don't say anything stupid, get my ass kicked. <laughs> You know, but we're finding out. It's like, oh, hey, that that's that that's your son. We'll be his fan for this fight. Right. You know, we'll cheer with you. Oh yeah. Um, man, it, it was it just it felt way different. I love modern MMA because now you can actually be a professional athlete and do yeah. this. Um, yeah. You know, a person has the ability now of actually making this their life's work. You know, you couldn't back then. I mean, you were. You were literally fighting for love of fighting, and maybe you could put a couple couple bucks in your pocket, you know. But uh, it was it was definitely way way different. The the mentality of the fighters was different. Right. I'm. It, it's uh, kind of full circle, I guess. Is the I love yeah the dinners. Uh, I remember it. It was uh, island fights. It was Mike Davis's. I think his last or second to last fight up there in Pensacola. And all of us went to go see Aquaman at the movie theater. And so that one, that one was right about uh, Christmas time, I believe. Not not this Christmas, but like just prior to that. Right, right. And uh, uh, not... a couple people fell out for whatever reason, either not making weight or whatever. Because yes. yeah, Christian calls me up it's the day before the fights. Yes, like, Dad, if I can make weight tonight, I can get a fight. I'm like. <laughs> Uh, Elvin Brito stepped up. Uh, one of uh, Elvin Brito's opponents dropped out. Then Elvin Brito stepped yeah. up to fight Mike Davis in the main event. Uh, yeah, totally right. There was it was a chaos card. But the day of, we're watching Aquaman, and it's Pete and John and Chris and Anderson and and me, and it, we're just we're watching Aquaman, and we're and I think yeah. like the air condition broke or something happened. And we're just we're having fun. Like the, the movie was good, by the way, Aquaman. I love the movie, but like just the, the memories, the, the, the camaraderie of each other. Um, it, yeah, there's just nothing like it. I love going to gyms. I love just communicating yeah. with the people. It's, I, there's just nothing like it. I don't think, uh, you know, the football players are, you know, Tom Brady's awesome. He, he's great. I would love to talk to him, but there's just some reason there's like a pedestal. I feel like with Tom Brady that I don't feel with, Nate Diaz or uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, just, they just seem more of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I really do. Well, like I did a, uh, uh, <clears throat> this was about a year before we left, or maybe, maybe the summer before we left California to come out to Florida. I did a uh, Marcelo Garcia seminar in Santa Cruz, California. And uh, so for us, Santa Cruz was right about two and a half hours away. If, if okay. traffic, maybe three. Right. And uh, so I just decided I'm going to get a hotel. It's a two-day seminar. And uh, so I just, while I'm there, you know, I, I'm at the seminar and I just tell the people, I'm like, hey, look, uh, I'm, I'm not local. I'm staying in a hotel just down the road. Um, if you guys are going to do something tonight, if you want to throw out an invite, great. If not, I understand. Um, so ended up going out to dinner that night with Marcelo Garcia and like three other people. Yeah, that's it. That was all of us. So we're just we're sitting in this little restaurant having burritos and tacos um, and Best. and just shooting the shooting the breeze for probably two hours. Um, you know, that that to me, I, I mean, I don't re I remember a little bit about techniques we did at the seminar, but I have a lot more memory of that dinner. Um, just, you know, sitting there chilling with with everybody. I mean, it was so cool. I mean, such a small group. Um, and to be able to actually learn more about who they are as people, which is what I've always appreciated. Um, I've always loved more. If, if you took me to an event 20 years ago, I was, I was one of the few people that talking with the referees, I'm talking with the judges, I'm talking with the promoters, the fighters, right. and everybody else. I spent less time watching the fights 
and more time talking with the people behind the scenes, you know, just, just more really enjoying how everything went together. You know, I, right. I still love the fights, but that part to me was more, was more interesting being in the back, people warming up, helping them warm up, you know, things of that nature. And then they go out to the cage and they come back. That part to me was always much more interesting, you know, that, because it's, it's one of those things where, like, you don't get to see that with Tom Brady. Right. You know, when, when you're watching Tom Brady play, it's all you see is the field time. Yep. You, you don't really get to see, you don't get that access to, to see him warming up before the, you know, before or, or to even, even get a chance to, to hold mitts for, you know, or, you know, play catch with Tom Brady, yeah. <laughs> you know, before, the, yeah. before his, uh, you know, his game. But, well, for a lot of fighters, I have, you know. That's uh, insane. Uh, so now Island fights got some big stuff. I just saw you guys posted um, with the uh, the Biloxi card um, that they're doing uh, the Roy Jones boxing. Yep. And then doing the, uh, the um, crap, what's the name of that? That word is because it's not Island fights. It's, so now uh, it's, it's like Icon. Icon, Icon yes. Right. Yep. Icon Fighting Federation. It's a uh, man. So two two events looks like back to back. Yep. Both on Fight Pass. Both I mean, on Fight Pass. There's going to be two hour boxing. There's actually going to be an hour amateur show that they're doing up there in Mississippi. There's going to be a lot of Mississippi versus Florida fighters. Uh, um, Empire fighting um, is over there in Mississippi. So they're going to have a couple matches there, an hour, kind of, you know, get the ring different, you know, get the UFC fight pass, a drink, a, a rest, and then two hours of Icon, their first event. And it's just been so cool. Wow. And, and I'm super uber lucky to kind of have this, all these stories and uh, access from hearing about it from months and months ago and um, how it just kind of came to be as well. And now, like, in a weird way, it's finally here. If COVID didn't hit, it probably would have been here already in other events. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, it's, in, it's, it's, a, it's amazing um, to see some of the matches being made, too, and uh, kind of be, um, you know, sometimes it's cool that it feels like, me, you know, Dean respects my opinion enough to be like, hey, what do you think of this fighter versus this fight? Uh, you know, what do you think of the fight? What do you think of these right. fighters? Um, you know, and because – he, he probably is the busiest guy in the sport. And sometimes with what I do, I get to talk with uh, uh, Ari Melendez and I get to talk with uh, Chris Mixon, who are just like these amateur, uh, you know, great fighters are about to be pro. And he probably doesn't get that access or doesn't see or doesn't know who they are. So he'll ask, are they ready to be pro or who should they fight and that kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's been great. But yeah, September 24th, UFC Fight Pass cannot wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be a, a fantastic card. And I love that the uh, the boxing actually is going to get their own slot because I felt bad for the boxers when uh, um, Christian was fighting Island Fight. Card was supposed to start with three boxing matches, and then go or, or th either boxing or kickboxing, right. and then go into the uh, the MMA card. The guys are back there warming up, and then they're like, you know, somebody comes back and they're like, all right. Uh, first match, you're moved to the end. Second fight, you're up. Yeah. Then it was like, second fight, you're moved to the end. Third fight, you're up. Then it's like third fight. So now it was like all of those got moved to the end and they never even got their opportunity to be on Fight Pass because they didn't, they didn't uh, broadcast that portion. Right, um, right. So I, I think it's awesome that uh, that, though, that portion of, uh, of the card gets its own opportunity. Uh, so that's going to be really great for those fighters. Yeah, no, it's gonna be awesome, and uh, yeah, and Dean's, um, he he loves putting people into the UFC. It's kind of like his his, you know, um, what he loves to do probably the most. He loves matches. Right. He loves matchmaking fights, but I think he loves right there, right before the UFC, like uh, like your son, and you know, like when it was Phil Rose time. Uh, Lucas Alexander is another name who's just right there, probably one fight away. And um, he loves matchmaking, um, you know, two studs that are right there and, you know, with a good performance. And on UFC Fight Pass, uh, they, they get in. They, uh, they had a banner year last year. Last night, Impa got on to the contender. Like I said, Blackledge is going to be on in four weeks. 
it's cool. And uh, I, I just yeah. watched, I uh, uh, forget the fighter's name, that dislocated his elbow yep. posting during the takedown. Yeah. Oh, wicked. Yeah, that, that was tough to so, watch. So to fin finish up, so to finish up, do you have any uh, uh, any like guests or special guests you got come up that uh, that we can look forward to? Um, nothing crazy special guest wise. We um, it, it happens fast. Uh, I know that we got like I said, we ju I just got done with um, uh, Justin J Train Gonzalez, who's the LFA featherweight champion. Um, I think I just got off the phone with Alex Perez, who's top three, top five uh, flyweight in the world. He might come on at the end of the week. Um, but like Dean kind of hit it at it. I'm that guy. I try to stay uh, big things as close to the vest as possible. But it's this, we've had good talks with UFC Fight Pass. And it look, and you know, they like what we're doing at Fight Bananas. And they uh, might want to see what we can do on UFC Fight Pass as a, as a show as a podcast and uh, see what happens. Oh, awesome. So uh, uh, we're, we're pretty giddy about it. Um, you know, Dean goes, dude, it might happen in two days or it might happen in two months. It's the fight game. You right. guys know that, but uh, he goes, they know yeah. of us. They like what we do. Uh, I think, I think one of the things he said, he goes, they think I'm the, I'm the guy version of Laura Senko. So I'll take that all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I do appreciate the uh, the stuff that you do, uh, you know, I think you guys have uh, what what best out there. I enjoy hearing the uh, the interviews. There, you know, your your information and the knowledge of the game. Um, you know, you've got some great questions, but at the same time, I also love that there. It also feels a little bit more personal. There's there's more connection right. between you and uh, and some of the guests. So, you know, I I, I love hearing you know hearing. Uh, I don't get a chance to. Uh, most of the time, I got to go back and I got to I got to find them, you know, yeah. either through your Facebook page and and you know click on the links. To, so I'm usually a little bit behind the times by the time I'm able to listen to it. But but I, I'm a big fan of uh, of Fight Bananas. So so Thank definitely I, I'm looking forward to uh, to to the next stuff you got coming up. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Like, um, huh? <clears throat> Um, if you want to go ahead and uh, kind of uh, let people, let the listeners know uh, how they can listen to your podcast, um, how they can uh, check out what you do. Oh yeah, definitely. And what I was going to, what I was saying is, yeah, I vice versa. I love your guys's podcast. I remember, I think it was episode five or three when you guys were just starting. I think you guys were uh, talking about the name or hey, what is it going to be? Submission collision. <laughs> we talking about that. I, we same thing every time I'm in long car rides, love listening to you guys. It just, um, you guys definitely have a great, uh, just conversation. It never feels like a Q and a, it never feels like I'm being talked to. It's just this, I'm, I feel like I'm a secret guest, you know, listening to you guys. So I love <laughs> it as well. Um, but awesome. yeah, no, we're fight bananas. Uh, we're, we're pretty big on iHeartRadio. Uh, for some reason, iHeartRadio, like a year ago, year and a half ago, same thing, heard what we were doing, saw what we were doing. And I don't even know how. I, I don't know how a lot of the behind the scene, behind the computer stuff works. Uh, but like they promoted our shows on like their app, right? Or their oh, platform. Nice. Wow. And, you know, back in the day, like, yeah, I used to, uh, you know, hate throwing around numbers, but I would hate, I used to get 50 or a hundred or, you know, something downloads. I'd be like, well, that is awesome. This, that's incredible. I'm yeah. still excited. <laughs> but then like iHeart pushed us and it's like, uh, you know, a 500 became a thousand, became multiple thousand. And I'm like, wait, I just put this episode out on Tuesday and 7,640 people just downloaded. It blows my mind still to this day. It's like, it's incredible. And uh, so yeah, iHeartRadio, Fight Bananas, Apple Podcasts, you know, iTunes, Fight Bananas. Uh, we're really trying to push the YouTube stream. Um, you can make money via YouTube. So we're trying to do that. Like I said, I uh, definitely am doing more of this and less of what I used to do. And of course that takes money. Uh, those things in the mail keep on coming through and, and wanting money from us. And uh, those kids keep on wanting food at night, every night. Yeah. So I got to make money somehow. So YouTube definitely helps. And uh, you know, I'm David Van Auken. I'm on all social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that. And I'm 
easy to find, easy to talk to. Anyone can ever DM me, text me. I love getting new ideas of shows or um, even with Justin, um, someone out of his camp, not even Justin goes, dude, Justin's a great communicator, would love to be on the show. Uh, you know, he kind of shy. He doesn't want to ask us in a way, you know, he goes, he would love to be on it. I'm like, sounds good. And literally got him on, you know, so, uh, definitely open. I'll, and like I said, I would, I'll, I'll turn down UFC fighters all the time for, um, Melissa Young and, uh, definitely just, I, I love the regional, love the, uh, amateur slash pro love Jessica Borga. Um, I love our Florida nest of fighters. So I'm super pumped. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank so you I'm, I'm on my lunch break. I've got <laughs> to go get back to my other job. <laughs> awesome, man. Appreciate talking with you. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Thank you. Everybody, thank you for listening to the uh, Submission Coalition podcast. This is Dave Lowson. And this is Melissa Lowson. And if you guys enjoy what you listen to and the work that we're doing, if you can, throw some shout-outs online, share our content, things of that nature, help us grow our brand. And if you are so inclined, drop us a few uh, shekels here. Sorry, guys, just stole that from uh, Inside BJJ <laughs> shekels. But, uh, yeah, if you like what we're doing, help us out. And uh, if you guys are interested in sponsoring, you know, PM us or the like. And uh, we'd love to help you guys grow your brands as well. And hopefully we can grow together. You can PM us at on Facebook at Submission Coalition Podcast or on Instagram at Submission underscore Coalition. Or you can email us at info at darkwolfmma.com. Help us help you grow your brand. All right. Thank you, everybody.